Hello, and welcome to the 3Vice Men podcast. I'm James. I'm Dom. And I'm Matt. And together we're going on a verbal pilgrimage, taking in all things craft beer. From delicious dippers to dandelion saisons, we'll be looking at what breweries are doing well, and maybe not so well. We'll also be looking at what trends look set to take off this year, and what we're excited about, as well as delving into some of our beery stories. Most importantly though, we'll be sampling beers each episode, and giving our opinions on them, unfiltered by untapped hopefully. So join us as we journey into the world of craft beer, and whilst we may not have a new king to look for, we'll certainly be worshipping a lot of tasty beers along the way. So sit back, crack a beer, and enjoy. Hello and welcome back to the Three Vice Men podcast, back at it again with another podcast recorded in 2021. We're up to date, unless you're listening to this in 2022, in which case, that's on you. Um, Today, we've got a couple of interesting topics, not potentially normal for us not that theory maybe i don't know uh we're going through some non-alcoholic beers um don't worry we have had a few beforehand to make sure we are our lively selves and i am of course joined by matt Waring and dom lewis uh lads are we still pumped up are we are we excited we're not tired to talk about non-alcoholic beer i'm buzzing big up dry january big up everyone doing it yeah i respect it could never be me yeah massive respect Massive Shout respect, to, very pumped uh, to talk about it. To everyone who's still listening and hasn't turned off or gone to the next episode. Uh, <laughs> you guys, are the, you're the real heroes, so fair play. We'll clap for you on Thursday. I'm not going to trail what we can talk about because we're talking about, we're talking about non-alcoholic beers. So first, which non-alcoholic beers have we got to drink? Uh, Matt, I see you're reaching. What are you reaching? Thank you, Curtis. I'm reaching for, uh, well, first of all, I just want to say I went to Tesco's today um to pick up a few bits and i thought i'd pick up my non-alcoholic beer while i was there uh the selection wasn't as good as i hoped it would be um nonetheless i did come out with a couple of alcoholic non-alcoholic beers so i'm drinking uh shipyard american low tide which is a 0.5 percent pale ale tom what about- um so like you i was a little bit disappointed by what was what I was confronted with um, in Sainsbury's. So the reason I've got the idea for this episode, partly A, because it's dry January, so obviously, but then when I was in Tesco at the weekend, there was actually a banging selection. There was like a lot more beer, a lot more brewers than I thought had actually done alcohol-free options. So I was like, oh, well, there's a lot for us to talk about now. Um, so I went into Sainsbury's, all excited, and I've come out with a nanny state by Brewdog which I think is probably like the OG alcohol-free beverage um, in the craft beer scene. Um, it's just a nice little hoppy hoppy ale. doesn't even say hoppy pale or anything. Um, coming in at a big 0.5%. And it's one I've actually never had it before, which kind of surprises me, but kind of doesn't. So we'll see what we're working with. Curtis, yourself, what have you turned to? Uh, so I didn't go to a supermarket for my non-alcoholic beer. I instead tapped mine on to the fantastically well-stocked shoot uh, bottle emporium uh, when I was doing my order for putty and I picked up some super stretch from Northern Monk. It's a 440, nice. which is uh, I think slightly unusual for an alcohol free and probably the only one without a pun in its name or a yeah, nanny state. It's probably a pun really, isn't it? Low tide. I, it, that's a clever name. This is just a beer. Um, low alcohol IPA again, 0.5. I 
I guess that's just the way they they have to make them. Dom, I, I can see your your glass there. It's quite a dark beer. Yeah, I'm I'm quite surprised. I was expecting it to be like a bit a bit lighter, but it's definitely it's definitely more like in the red ale spectrum. I would say there's not much of a not much of a whiff on it. It's pleasant. It's pleasant enough, but I I don't think it set the world on fire. Matt, what about yours? I'm interested because I feel like it's more of a real ale that you've got there. I've had pints of shipyard in the past, and uh, I do like a shipyard. And to be fair, this this is this is a great beer um, for 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 what it is. I was expecting it to not really, I don't know, have much kind of citrusy flavours or not too much about it. But to be fair, if if I was handed that as a pint in a pub. I would happily drink it, uh, and I wouldn't have told you it was non-alcoholic, apart from the fact that I probably wouldn't get drunk after drinking eight of them. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's very good. It's a good testament to uh, to shipyard, and I'm I'm enjoying it. Uh, Curtis, what, what are you thinking about yours? Uh, so I've I've not tried it yet, but it is it's very light in colour. I'm uh, gonna say yours probably looks the most because like yours looks the most like a hazy pale, or yeah. something you kind of expect when you're pouring. Or in a northern month beer, it, definitely a hazy pale, probably a little bit less, uh, less orange, more like a lemonade kind of color, cloudy lemonade. I'd probably call it on taste. It's it's yeah, it's definitely not got a thicker mouth feel, and I think that leads us on a little bit nicely into a little bit of a discussion about how they brew or don't brew, sort of low alcohol and non-alcohol beers. Um, and I'd, I'd like to sort of start this conversation by talking about yours a bit, Matt, where it's a bit more real ale It's got a big malt profile normally. Now, the trouble in my mind, if I'm trying to brew a, a low alcohol, non-alcohol beer, but I want to get that big malt profile is all that malt is fermentable. That's what creates the alcohol. So do you know with yours, Matt, have they, have they brewed it normally and then filtered out the alcohol or have they just sort of put a lot less in and brewed brewed it to a lower strength. I'm just trying to see if it says anything on the bottle. Um, <clears throat> I'd be inclined to say that they've just put a lot, maybe less in. Um, but it, like it, it's 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 got a nice, really nice color. Like it, like it looks like a golden golden color, like you'd expect to kind of maybe see. Um, and then yeah, it's it's it does taste nice. Uh, like a, it's got some almost it has got citrus flavors in it but in terms of how they made it i'm not 100 percent. no advice on the bottle I, I mean that is the challenge with uh with low alcohol so dom i know your your nanny state brewdog they've got a large lineup of of non-alcoholic beers this is one of their ones where they've added lactose am i right this is the only beer in their range currently in the alcohol free range that doesn't have the lactose in um which I think is a bit of a shame. I can see why they use the lactose because it does, I think that's an easy way to like give some mouthfeel to the beer. Is it to, a bit more body? Yeah, exactly. And it like makes you, makes you aware that you're kind of drinking because I think that's what a lot of people will miss when you compare like a 6% IPA to a 0.5%, even if you manage to get some of the flavors in there, it's still going to be a little bit thinner when it goes down. Um, so yeah, this is the only one that doesn't have lactose in. And I think I think that's a real shame to be honest. Um I know you mentioned off chat that they've they've got one new one that they're bringing bringing to market, but 
I think they should try and focus and kind of have all their all their beers on the market because a lot of a lot of people might be drinking low alcohol beers for health reasons um, or dietary requirements, and it's quite likely that if it's a dietary requirement, then you might have other dietary requirements too, such as not having lactose in. So I think for them to bring out beers like this whilst also meaning that it's not accessible to everyone i think that's a bit of a shame it's it's certainly a challenge and this is moving on to my next point a little bit where i think certainly more than its timeshare would allocate it for market share which is a lot of people will drink non-alcoholic beers for dry dry january uh which is quite a big thing and we'll talk about it a little bit more in a second but Another thing that happens in January is Beganuary. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, some people take it a bit more seriously than others. But uh, lactose does come from milk. And that is something that is non-compatible. So if you're doing Beganuary very seriously, or if you're just a vegan, you, know, you can't have a, a beer that's got lactose added to it. Matt, do you think that's going to take away a little bit of their potential market there? Or do you think it's just a price worth paying for having a superior product while they work out how to do it without um i think it, it may take away from the market slightly but also i think there is going to be uh, a certain market that they're trying to go to when they take lactose out of their beers because if you let's say you are a vegan who enjoys a craft beer and you you are looking at all these beers and you're thinking oh this one sounds nice oh it's got lactose in it this one sounds nice it's got lactose in it you might become quite frustrated so you're going to be very grateful for these options that are, that are presented to you even if they're few and far between um that might make you even more uh, grateful for them so yes might might take away from you know the market overall um i think the people that they that do want to pick those beers up will be very grateful and there's i think there's a market tapping you veganism is on the rise um some people think it's just a fad but it's getting more and more popular i think especially with people doing veganuary every year um so that market might increase uh, i'm surprised that more breweries haven't brought out more beers that don't have lactose in them uh, just going on to talk about dry january a little bit more now um veganuary is an organization you have people sign up they have a number i think this year They've got uh, 1.5 million people have signed up. Dry January isn't an organisation. I don't think it might be pushed by certain non-alcohol organisations, but we don't have those kind of numbers. My gut feeling would be that this year, Dry January isn't as, or it might be as popular, but I might argue that a lot of people having a non-alcoholic beer because they're doing Dry January would be doing that because they're out. Um Obviously, at the time we're recording this, January 2021, in the UK, pubs and bars are closed. Do you think uh, this is going to affect non-alcoholic beer sales? Will people just have a, a Coke instead, have a squash while they're at home? So, Abby's been doing dry January, and we have like mentioned this a couple of times. Because in, in one way, it's the easiest year ever to do dry January. But then on the other hand, it's the hardest year ever to do dry January. Um, I say it's the easiest because like we already mentioned, the pubs and bars are closed. And I think that's always one of the biggest 
um, factors for drinking. Like you go out, you meet a few friends, you have a few pints, these things just like happen organically. But then on the other hand, I think if you're sat at home, you're furloughed or you've lost your job or you've just not really got that much to get up for, every day kind of blends into the same one. I think it could become very easy to be like, what have I got in the fridge? Oh, I've got a Budweiser. All right, let me crack that. I know it's lunchtime on a Tuesday, but it is what it is. Like, I think it can go one of two ways, to be honest. Matt, would you be, if you ever did dry January, do you think you'd be reaching for a non-alcoholic beer rather than a a soda? Um, So I actually did dry January two years ago, um, which I didn't really enjoy. Um, I saved a lot of money. Uh, and I probably lost about half a stone without actually doing anything, but I didn't enjoy it. And as you both have mentioned, that the pubs and bars being shunnery because, in my opinion, I think it's it's a lot easier. Um, I understand what you you know what you're saying, Dom, and I agree that if you sat at home, yeah, like you said, days blend into the same day, so it would be very easy to to crack a beer at lunchtime. But I think on the, on the whole it'll be a lot easier for people to do uh dry january i just think that drinking is for a lot of people it's such a social thing um you know i know people that used to go to the pub three or four times a week um and and while they were there they they drink um they're not alcoholics it's just a social element you know and so for them to say i'm just going to do dry january this year just stay at home it takes away they're like i'm not gonna i'm not going out i don't need to have an alcoholic beverage um so in terms of your question would i be reaching for a non-alcoholic beer i mean when i did dry january i didn't have any non-alcoholic beers i just uh drank i drank a lot of lime and soda a lot of diet coke but um we're being in the pub it was a lot harder to say no to beers um Luckily, my friends were very respectful and they didn't buy me a beer and say, oh, I bought you it now, so you're going to have to drink it. But I think in a lot of places that would happen. So, and dry January would, would crumble from doing that. I think maybe maybe now, two years on, the non-alcoholic options are a lot better. That was going to be one of my questions. Do you think you didn't reach for a non-alcoholic beer just because there weren't any? But I think that's probably true. Um, it definitely contributed to it just that there wasn't there was probably punk af um which i would probably go for now um but i I think i just yeah that i think i just there wasn't many options but just like shout out i think that to what tiny rebel have done they brought out a really impressive range of non-alcoholic beers uh there's a wide range i think from from tiny rebel um so now i'm a bit more maybe clued up on the options for non-alcoholic beers i would maybe reach for one if I fancied a beer in the evening and I was doing dry January, but I think overall I would still just have water at home. It's such an easy decision to make in my head um, at the moment at home to not have, you know, an non-alcoholic beer if, if I was doing dry January. But um, I, I completely understand in the current climate that if some people were furloughed every day and they wanted to do dry January, it'd be a lot more difficult task. Um, but I don't know, do you think uh, you guys would find it easier or harder this year to do dry January? Um, I think if I was going to pick a year to do it, it probably it probably would be this year. 
just because like you say like if you go to the pub to watch a football match at the weekends there's like you're gonna end up having a couple of pints whilst you're there sort of thing um watching it at home there's not quite the same appetite for it but there is there is still some i think it's interesting with kind of our age because there are still a lot of my friends that kind of will only drink when they're out and only drink to get drunk um i think when it's like that it might actually be easier to do dry january you know because if you're limiting yourself to only drinking in social situations then this year take the social situations away and there's no temptation whereas like oh if i'm if i'm cooking something for dinner and i fancy a beer yeah if it's a weekday maybe i'll just crack a beer open like i'm not gonna drink five or six of them on a tuesday and get hammered but if i want just one yeah i'll i'll have it because like i enjoy them and i enjoy the taste and things um i think i would definitely have to plan it beforehand because i tend to keep quite stocked up cupboards Mm. um so i'd have to know in december that like in january it's like right okay you're not going to be drinking so make sure you don't have hazy pails that need to be drunk in like the first three (laughs) weeks and stuff um it would be interesting to do but i just don't have appetite for it what about you curtis i yeah for me it's i don't i don't need to drink beer this isn't i don't feel a compulsion that i'm doing something i need to drink and that might be because i'm not in a pub and and that's a a very probably you're not an alcoholic either no yeah well i'm not alcoholic and that would be that that's probably another reason to have a non-alcoholic beer is if you are an alcoholic i guess a problem would be as as you guys have said you went to the supermarket and bought some i'm guessing they're in the beer aisle probably not somewhere you want to go if you're an alcoholic and and looking to not drink this is my thing as well like non-alcoholic beers they're really good like i i applaud them for the space they're filling but equally like you say if you're an alcoholic or a recovering alcoholic surely it would be very easy to slip from a non-alcoholic beer into an alcoholic one Mm. you think it's not a nicotine patch no i think especially when when they they taste pretty similar Mm. as well like it's like you say dom it'd just be very easy to to slip in do you, do you need something that tastes like the real deal in order to satisfy your thirst for it? Maybe you do. I see what you mean. Is it like 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 with like with a vape? You slowly go down yeah, the nicotine like, until know, you're basic until you're vaping nothing. You're cooking dinner on a Tuesday. You know you're making some bolognese. You think I need a beer now. You know you make yourself a squash. But I still need a beer. Yeah, if you if you can pull out a non-alcoholic beer, then. Does does that make a difference? Obviously, we're all spec- speculating here. I hope none of us are, are properly alcoholics. We're just cultural yeah. alcoholics. Yeah. <laughs> um, but okay. no, and that and that is probably a, yeah. a function that they do serve. Yeah, I think that that's true to an extent. I, I, I don't know. It's I don't like. I don't know. Hypothesize about what alcoholics think, but I don't know. Maybe it's like uh alcoholics they like the way that the beer it makes them feel maybe it's a sense of getting away almost and it's like a leaving behind responsibilities or 
them it's probably about the taste, but I think for some of them it's maybe about the effects of the beer, potentially. And that's obviously not something that non-alcoholic beers can fill the void of. Yeah, I, I think it's very much because you might link, like, beer to social situation, happy place, pub garden. And it's something you want to recreate at home where, like, having a squash wouldn't do that. So if you have like a non-alcoholic beer, it's like kind of looks the same, kind of tastes the same. And it's like you're back there. You can put it in a pint glass, treat yourself. Mm. I, I think from that point of view, it's got, it's got some merits. Okay. Well, now that we've solved the alcohol problem in the UK, uh, we can move on to some other questions. But, uh, <laughs> I think first we've got a jingle. They drink beer, so much beer. All of the different types of beer. They drink beer, lots of beer. It's beer. Welcome back to the Three Vice Men podcast. Today on the alcohol freeze, on the alcohol freeze. But as you can tell, we had some beers beforehand, uh, so I still can't talk properly. Uh, before we left you, I teased with a couple of more topics, but we didn't review the beers that we'd been drinking. Uh, I'll go first. My super stretch from Northern Monk was quite nice. A little bit lemonade a little bit thin, but not too thin. Uh, on the verge of being overcarb, but just about right. A little bit soapy from the hops, but all in all, quite a nice beer. Dom, I don't think you had the same opinion about the Nanny State, did you? Um, so if Nanny State was craft beer's first foray into alcohol-free beers, I can understand why it took so long for alcohol-free beers to penetrate the craft beer market. Um, I won't lie to you. It was a bit dead. Like, I, there's just, there's just nothing exciting about it. And that made me sad because I was excited to do this week. I was like, I haven't shunned alcohol-free beers, but I've been like, oh, well, what's the point in them? And I was like, this week going to change my mind it's going to be bloody delicious and i'll be a changed man forevermore but yeah nanny state was just a bit flat um it was carved all right it looked like a ambery red ale um should have been like it would have been a malty beer if it had alcohol in but it just wasn't it just didn't really taste of anything so moving on from that matt how was your uh yes mine was pretty nice actually be fair um and i think that's because it was probably maybe the closest i was i already knew from the alcoholic version um if that makes sense which and it it looked the non-alcoholic version looked exactly the same as a shipyard uh it it tasted pretty much like a shipyard it it was yeah really good like still had the hoppiness good citrus flavors um yeah it was it was very very good showcase of a non-alcoholic beer um and what what we're moving on to now Curtis what are you filling your glass up with well I heard what you said in the first half of that Tiny Rebel have come out with some some good non-alcoholic beer so I immediately rushed out to the shop and filled my Tiny Rebel glass with some Club Tropicana non-alc again 0.5% this one is lactose so I am breaking my veganuary for you guys so i hope everyone appreciates that uh, if you get an f in the chat that'd be great uh it's got oats in it as well as the lactose to give it a body and i won't spoil it but cracking the can it did smell very tropical uh matt i i know what you've got and i before you tell me about it 
I want to tell you that my managing director for my region said it was the best non-alcoholic beer he'd had. Wow. What have you got? Uh, I've got <coughs> Adnam's Ghost Ship, uh, 0.5% Citrus Pale Ale. Um, and it, on, you know, on the side of the bottle, it says bold citrus flavours from Citra Hops. And um, it's, it's definitely delivering on that promise. Uh, and your managing director, shout out to him. He's not wrong. It's a great non-alcoholic beer. Uh, I'll drink the rest of it. And then I'll give my review on whether I think it was better than the shipyard. But first, couple of sips. It's tasting pretty good. Some, some, some punchier flavours, potentially. Uh, Dom, what have you got in your glass? Um, so this one, I was actually pleasantly surprised to find in Sainsbury's because it's actually a McKellar alcohol-free beer. Um, it's called Drink in the Sun. Um, it's an American-style wheat ale. So I think this is already perhaps like a safer, mm. a safer route for non-alcoholic beers to go down. Um, a wheat ale you potentially don't expect as much from because um, you've got like your blue moons and stuff and you know you know what you're going to get from them they're like pretty pretty clean and they don't rely too heavily on mouthfeel so i feel like this is a good area for non-alcoholic beers to maybe maybe jump into because they should still be able to get a decent amount of flavor in there as you can tell i'm saying this before i've had a sip because that could all be bullshit um but well, no, yeah. you make a point of that for, for non-alcoholic beers it makes sense to go into a style that isn't particularly alcoholic it, mm. it's a it's less of a jump you're going to notice the difference less you know you're not going to come from an imperial stout and go on to a 0.5 percent stout and go oh no these taste exactly the same they're obviously not going to and yeah maybe in 20 years we'll we'll have the technology and brewing skill and knowledge gained from 20 years of trying to do the impossible and we might get close but if, if you've got a 3.5 percent like traditional uh real ale or a, or a wheat beer that doesn't rely on that i think you're perfectly right you can, you can get close without the alcohol yeah i think it's why so i had earmarked from my tesco trip at the weekend potentially getting one of the brooklyn like summer summer lagers they've done a alcohol-free version of that and i was i was interested to pick that up because it might have something about it like in the i feel like a lager you could probably get most similar mm. um just because of the, the nuances of brewing a lager um but yeah that was what was really interesting to me as well to see the amount of like perhaps brooklyn's a bad example but seeing the amount of macro brewers that had suddenly started doing alcohol-free beers. I even noticed like some alcohol-free ciders, like Copperberg, had started doing one as well. It's uh, that is an interesting point actually with, with macro trends. And I, I think to be to be honest, we've probably got quite close with what we've selected tonight. Just thinking about the breweries, with all right, you know, McKellar, they make some fantastic beer. Brewdog have been known to push the envelope. Northern Monk do some very interesting stuff. Tiny Rebel, uh, you know their stay path series they they push the envelope a little bit but all of them actually have quite you know they've got a reasonable feel on commercial you can find them in supermarkets as you've done yeah and, you know with matt's real ales they're beers that you can see in in most supermarkets you walk into maybe not the non-alcoholic versions but the original ones 
So that yeah. leads on for me. Do you think these breweries are are brewing these beers because they're getting the pressure from the commercial, the supermarkets, the 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 places, the pubs that they need this non-alcoholic stuff to fill that market category, or is this breweries with a taste for commercial success saying, "Hold on, that's a bit of market share. We're not in. Let's let's brew more. Let's sell." More. I think with someone like Brewdog, um, it kind of it kind of comes both ways because you take you take Radlers and the shandies and like the seltzers and things and i don't think supermarkets were necessarily screaming out for these but then suddenly when they did come out they had like a bit of success and then the supermarkets drove it in the first place so i think some breweries would have been early adopters of the alcohol free section and seen the impact that it could have maybe they've made like dietary choices or are quite like conscious themselves about what they take into their body so they wanted to have these options and then it would have grown like organically from the first couple of non-alcohol beers inevitably then more people would have started drinking them talking about them which then leads more people to creep across into into that category um so i think obviously sales do drive what you go towards that's natural for any business sure yeah um and I think it's probably for the bigger brewers. Um, so for like the macro ones, I don't think there's necessarily any conscience behind it. It's we've seen this as a growing market. It's going to sell. Let's get stuck into it. Whereas I think with Northern Monk, for example, I think they're genuinely like, this is something people have asked us for and we want to cater to as many people as we can. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you look at a macro brewer and you, you, you say, right, let's look at the, the business model. Let's look at the standard the standard business maturity curve. It's not a high growth industry. So what you do when you get to the end of the curve, you expand outwards and you take as much market share as you can from different niches. Like that's 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 easy. We know this. Like that that way. I don't need to have done an MBA to tell you that. I haven't done an MBA and I'm telling you that. But I did do a business studies GCSE and AS, which is why I can't remember the name. Don't worry, I'm talking too much. The, I, I think there is probably a push from, from macro brewers and probably some of the larger end micro or, or regional brewers saying, this is something we're not doing. We need to do this. We, this is going to allow us to put our brand on supermarket shelves which then might lead in to other stuff. It'd be very interesting to see the profit margin on non-alcoholic beers compared to traditional beers. Uh, maybe the fact that you don't pay like an alcohol duty on them makes a big difference to their profit margin. I don't know. Um, but that does lead me into the, the next question for you lads is uh, we've seen people like Cloudwater move into seltzers and sodas so it's really for cloud water, but seltzers for other people, although they're alcoholic. If you're going to make a soda, you can get these lovely citrus flavors from having fruit juice and concentrated fruit juice and flavorings. What, what, what's the point? What's the point on brewing, brewing a beer to try and pull flavors out when you just add those flavors? To, to a seltzer. Or, or to a soda. You know? Or in a soda. Fantas are orangey. That's true. I think there's two kind of, I, I think 
there's two kind of different markets almost in a way for non-alcoholic beers and seltzers or maybe not two different markets i don't know if you guys would agree but i feel like there's different connotations with each so with the seltzer what i kind of recognize with that is people on a very healthy lifestyle they're in a, in a pub or a bar and they want a low calorie option something that's just, that's going to be very light i associate it with exercise um yeah. and things like that whereas like i kind of associate non-alcoholic beers maybe for people who like beers but can't have a beer right now almost Drivers. like yeah. if they're driving home yeah or dry january or they are looking after children or something like that um I kind of feel like there's two almost different sub markets in the same market, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, so to answer your question, I do think there's a, uh, a value into making these beers because I, I think there's a specific market that people want those beers rather than a soda. Uh, I don't know if you maybe agree with that, Dom. Or... I think so, because I think it's, it's a very strange it's a very strange world, the soda world, isn't it? Because like when you look at your premium sodas, so like the cloud water sodas, for example, they're pitching at what, like 250. But realistically, how likely would you be to choose that a over just like one of their low percentage pale ales, like a three, 4% pale or B choose it over like a Coke. And and if you're a bar selling it, do you buy Coke syrup at like two p a liter? Literally ridiculously cheap. Or do you pay Cloudwater the one pound they're asking wholesale for a can of soda? I don't know Cloudwater wholesale would ask, but it makes sense profit margin wise, roughly. But then they'd probably be charging three pound fifty four pounds to the average like punter to buy it and for that you could you'd be able to get like a pint of a nice beer in most places or well this is Swan, <laughs> swansea price isn't it you'd be you'd be able to get a pint to start touch, mate, in most touch. places yeah so okay I, that, I mean that's you, you make the strong point of the bar market is very different and bar and pub market is very different to the home market if I can jump on the back of that point very quickly, I get a little poll from you here, a little live survey. If uh, you're at a pub, imagine this pub, right? You've got a nice little fire in the corner. There's some rugby going on. It's the Six Nations. We're early in the year. You know, England are beating Wales. Of course they are. Lovely stuff. Uh, got some pumps, some pumps and real ales there. One of them is a keg of non-alcohol-free... Are you going to give it a go after you've gone through the others? Does, does serving style make a difference to you? Does it feel better than you more like to have it than if it's a bottle in the fridge behind the bar? I think I would probably be more likely to have it, but that's literally taking the chance from like 0.5% to 1% of me having it. Like the chances of me picking alcohol-free beer unless there's a real necessity for it is very, very slim. Is that from your experience of alcohol-free beers being shit or is that because you need to get drunk because you've got a problem? No, I just think it's me personally. Like, 
if if I want to if I want to have a beer, if I'm in a situation where the opportunity to have a beer arises, then I'd rather get like a proper four or five percent. You know, you're going to get like some decent flavour in there. You can have a pint, and you're so, so it, 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 alcohol free beers for you don't aren't the same. Yeah, they don't hit it. But if I'm in a situation where I have to, where I can't drink alcohol out of necessity, then I just steer clear of it altogether. Okay, personally, Matt, for you, uh, I think if, if it it wouldn't matter the serving style for the non-alcoholic beer. I think if I was in a pub, Six Nations were on, and I was I'd, I was already drinking alcoholic beer. I, I don't I just I don't think I would look at a pump. Uh, at the bar and think because it's on a pump I'm going to go oh yeah I'll give it a go um, maybe like Dom said it would increase the, the chances very very slightly of me having a go um, but alright it, it doesn't have a name like Nanny State it doesn't have a name uh, like Low Tide it's it's just got a standard Ailey name it's just you know the Malt Miller the Malt Garden I, this is in in the malt garden. The landlord's best friend. You, you can't you can't see. You're a little bit a little bit squinty because you already had six pints. So you're trying to trick us into it. I'm I'm just saying if it, do, you, if it doesn't advertise make this scenario impossible for us not to have it. <laughs> yeah. All right then. That's, are you, are you tell, saying, are you saying in, in this hypothetical scenario I'm where I was this blind drunk and being tricked into buying an alcohol-free beer, how much I would enjoy it compared to what I'd previously been drinking when I can't remember where I was to ten minutes ago? Yeah, literally. <laughs> Well, to uh, any brewers listening, to download the rest of the Three Vice Men commercial report, head to our website and our Instagram, and we'll tell you stupid things that you shouldn't do because we'll drink beer, whatever. Um, well, that's a point I've got to make. I don't have too many more points to make about non-alcoholic beer. Lads, anything to raise before we review these the second batch of 0.5 percenters? Um, I was just going to say, when we were talking about price points, I think what I noticed in the supermarket was that when we had the discussion in twen- at the start of 2020, discussing like the trends for the year, one of the big things we mentioned about alcohol-free beers taking off was that the price had to be more comparable to your Cokes, your Fantas, and that sort of thing. Orangeinas. Yeah, exactly. And like um, a punk AF in... Sainsbury's was £1.30. The Copperberg alcohol free was like £1.25. And I definitely think that's where it's going to have to pitch itself. Because yeah. if you're charging your £4, that like you'll be able to get a nice regular craft beer for that price. Like I think you're limiting your market a bit. So I think it's good to see and it's a good move from them. Okay. Well, uh, it's good to see and hopefully that trend continues. And uh, save some money for those paying for petrol for being a designated driver. Uh, Matt, I'm going to come to you first because I hyped you up when uh, when you poured it out. Is my regional managing director right? Is Ghost Ship the best non-alcoholic beer you've had? Sorry, non-alcoholic Ghost Ship. The real ones, like, actually got alcohol in. I actually think having drank more of it, it's it, it, it had punchier flavours at the beginning. It's It's now becoming a bit thinner, a bit... Mm, more 
a bit more meh. You know, okay. hasn't really got the je ne sais quoi. Um, it's, well, uh, I, I don't tell, know. Uh, I'm telling he's wrong. Uh, feel free to come and support the Three Vicemen Patreon for, so I can <laughs> buy some beer for next week after I get fired. Uh, <laughs> Dom, how, how's your uh, second second beer? It's going down quite nicely, actually. To be honest, um, this is this is what I said. I think it's quite like a safe a safe style because the beer, beer in the sun. It was from McKellen. Yeah, drink drink in the sun, drink in the sun, the um, wheat ale. So it definitely is, you, you get like, it is like Blue Mooney just on a slightly lower, slightly lower level. This is the sort of beer that I think I would potentially pick if I was in, if I was in the situation and couldn't drink. Maybe I would turn to this instead of a Coke. I think this is, this is actually very pleasant. It's, it's a nice drink. Um, I would have it again, which I think is a ringing endorsement of any non-alcoholic beer. Um, and say. yeah, I think because like, like we were saying, it's cleaner, it's like not as complex as, as some beers, because if I want, if I saw like a non-alcoholic double IPA, you go into it being like hashtag juice, and then you just be let down. So I think this is quite good picking the cleaner flavours and it's very clever from them. And I doff my cap. Curtis, how have Tiny Rebel done? Yeah, no, they've done well. They've done well. It's uh, obviously the, the club called Tropicana, the original one, is very, very famously tropical. It tastes very nice. It's, it's a great way to get into craft beer and, and kind of tropical hazy stuff. This one for me is, is quite interesting. It, it's not that, I mean, it's similar in the way it's tropical. I think the oats and the lactose it's kind of combined to give it almost a milkshakey IPA flavour. Got that kind of body to it. Very clean at the end. Uh, very low astringency. Uh, to be honest, quite nice. I wouldn't have it if I went out because then I'd have to take a pill because I'm lactose intolerant. Doesn't make that much sense to me. Matt, I do realise that I cut you off before your review had finished, so I will give you this opportunity to use a footballer as a metaphor for what your beer's like. I don't know. You give me, come back to me in, a, in maybe a couple of minutes. I'll try and think of a footballer metaphor. I was, I was a bit on the spot then. Bit well, uh, yeah, ben sorry, sorry for dropping that. Let's, uh, dropping that on you. But uh, make sure you ben stick around. What's the, the end of the podcast? I'm interesting. Um, he was there. He briefly had a chance with the big hitters, the dizzy heights of Chelsea, and then uh, he fell back down to his level of uh, Portsmouth again with Avram Grant. Um, it's just it's one of those that's there. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna raise you on that, Dom. I'm gonna raise you. It's a Danny Drinkwater. Got to very high heights early on. Went to Chelsea and should now just be drinking water. Uh, I'm gonna actually raise you further and say it's a bit like Phil Neville. There's just a better version. Very nice. Ooh. Very nice. Um, before we go. Uh, We've got some exciting news, I think, lads, haven't we? We do. Uh, next episode, so the one you can listen to right after this if you're not among the first to listen to these episodes, uh, we're going to have a special guest. Don, you want to elaborate a little bit more? We have our very first Meet the Brewer episode, and it's, it's with a friend of the pod. Um, we've got uh, Reese from Beer Riff coming on. We're going to be drinking some of their beers, talking to him about, like, 
how they started, how they're going and what they've got planned for the future. It should be a lot of fun. It should be a great one. Uh, and not just the fact that we've got a guest on, the fact that we're going to be increasing the beer consumption on the pod from two beers to five beers. So if you think I can't talk properly now, oh, just you wait, just you Strap wait. Strap yourself in. Uh, shouts out to uh, the lovely Sodji for uh, listening once more. Uh, Jaden the Hole was also uh, listening to this episode, so thanks to them. Make sure to check out our Instagram and uh, see you next week. Cheers, lads. Cheers. Adios, amigos.